Hello everyone, here is Danny Abudai with another episode of our Ecom Show. And today I'm here with Adam Brown, who is the CEO and founder of Circle Media. And uh, he's from the US. And today we will discuss uh, social media strategy for uh, brands, especially e-commerce brands. And he's been doing it for many years, even decades. This show is sponsored by Budai Media. Budai Media is a fully remote e-commerce focused retention marketing agency. In the last three years, Budai Media worked with more than 100 e-commerce clients and generated an eight-figure extra revenue for these clients. If you want to check out their website, go to thebudaimedia.com and just send an email or actually you can just drop a message to me on any of my social media channels if you are interested to work with us. Hey, Adam, how are you today? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we talk about the technical things and, uh, you know, the really deep marketing, let's say, what is your story? When did you get started with digital marketing? What was your initial motivation back then? My initial motivation was when I graduated college in 1999, which puts me as old. I actually turned 45 this Wednesday. It was the dot-com boom. So when you were living in New York at 22 years old in 1999, it was all anyone was doing. It was, uh, you know, fast and furious, lots of different agencies, lots of different networks and I worked at 24-7 Media, which was one of the first two ad networks. It was DoubleClick and 24-7 Media that represented websites and sold their advertising for them. So that's how I got into digital marketing. I worked at the first pay-per-click search engine predating Google in 2000, and uh, it was called GoTo.com. And uh, so I got a really early lesson right out of school in early stage uh, internet. And uh, I took a hiatus for a little bit and worked out of that industry. I was in, I was in a financial uh, industry, but um, the lore was strong. So I got pulled back into the industry back in 2010-11. And since then, I've been creating a social agency that specifically focuses on organic social media management and content creation. When did you launch this agency, Circle Media? So we officially launched December of 2011, but basically 2012 was our first year. Who is your typical client? At this point, we're very, very specific. We only work with CPG, so basically like food type brands in the better for you space, beverage and spirits. And within spirits, we include traditional spirits, cannabis, CBD and non-alc, anything sort of like mind altering in that space. But that's only about 10% of our business. It's all about the marketing, right? I think and the branding. Totally. I like the shout out to the European companies. Big, big shout out to Europe. Um, Oatly was the winner of last year's Super Bowl with their commercial, which had the uh, CEO just like think like in, the, in like a wheat field playing piano or something. And uh, yeah, they've been around for decades, which I think most people don't know. Everyone thinks they're like one of these upstart better for you brands. They're not. They've been doing it for a very long time probably even before Kind Bars got started, who sort of like revolutionized this space. And obviously Red, Red Bull's probably the best content marketing company, maybe other than Nike on the planet. Let's say I have a beverage company or food company. How can I stand out if my product is, you know, I sell some kind of candy or energy drink and, you know, not the product what is really different, let's say. It's a good product, but it doesn't really stand out compared to the other products. That's a great question. I was just talking about this with somebody, especially around this keto trend. There's a lot of companies that sell keto products products. And I'll meet them now and I'll say, all right, what's your unique selling proposition? Like, why, why is your brand better? And they're like, well, we're keto and we have this and we have no sugar. And I'm like, yeah, but that's explaining the keto diet. What, what's making your brand stand out? And they struggle because it's not really yeah. a brand, right? It's just they're, they're chasing a trend. And I would say keto is maybe on the downside of, of the trend and it'll be a new trend later. So I say without brands, you're just a commodity. You're just an arbitrage on Amazon. And that's a really good business. And I think that's actually made a lot of people money. And I think that's one way to go about it. But if you really want to stand out as a brand that's built to last like an Oatly or someone like that you have to have memorable content that makes people want to share it 
I saw Nick Sharma um, said something about this on Twitter the other day. I'm sure you and anyone that listens to you knows about Nick Sharma. He's like the, the guru of, of D2C. And he said that, you know, he really thinks that content for organic social media content should be stuff that people like literally like screenshot or share, like show their phone to their friend. And they'll be like, look at this. This is so awesome. I think that's how you stand out. Like the story behind your brand, behind your people that makes people want to be part of your tribe. And I think much more than you would think, brands don't have that. They try to fix it by going to a branding firm. I spoke to a brand the other day that's like a year and a half in, they're on their third rebrand. You got to have it at your core first and then build from it. You can't, you can't sort of fake it. It's got to be real. And then it comes out as long as you put the media out there. Yeah, I guess also the founder and the whole executive team, they must be very marketing oriented, right? Especially if your product is, let's say, you know, it's like the other products, the founder and all of the executives, managers, they have to be marketing oriented because if they don't understand it, they will just go to the next branding firm and probably that will fail if they cannot communicate and they don't get it totally I, I think i think that you know you have to have a horse so the horse being the brand that works like why is your oat milk better than almond milk or you know dairy and then why is and then specifically why is your oat milk better and why should i be part of it so you have to have a good horse and then to really win you have to have a good jockey on the horse and i think the jockey has to do one of two things one they have to be an incredible salesperson because they have to sell to their employees they have to sell to investors and they have to sell to the world so they have to be able to storytell yeah. and sell so if you're a weak salesperson if i meet you and i've invested in some brands very dangerous or you have to really understand like the numbers and the finance understand what makes investors tick have relationships with investors know how to get in the room and get a VC investor to write a check, which is also sales, but you have to be able to do those. If you're either one of those and you have a terrible horse, like the brand is just trash, it's a hard story because you could sell me, but I just don't believe in what you're actually talking about. Please tell us more about your approach when it comes to social media marketing or organic marketing. Sure. So um, at Circle, we do two things. We do social media management. So instead of a social media manager, you hire us or we do content creation. And both of them are uh, very focused around the organic side. Most of our clients have a separate paid acquisition agency. It's just different people. One is a ninja social yeah. media manager and one is an acquisition marketer. They're just, they would take different classes if they were in college, right? So just you could different types of brains. On the organic side, you have to be able to storytell. So visual, photos, videos, graphics, and not sacrifice disciplines. I think a lot of brands go wrong by just being a one-trick pony. So they have the graphic designer that made their label is now making all their content. So it's very graphic design heavy. Or they went on Instagram and they found a photographer. So it's all photography. It's very hard to find one person that does all the different disciplines. And as their brand goes along on the organic side and on the paid side, two years ago, it might've been super stylized motion graphics is what gets people top of funnel or down funnel. Right now it might be more UGC or PGC, paid generated content, which seems real. Next year, it might be something else. So you don't want to have it where this is where the trends are going, but you don't have the ability to play in the game because you can't make that content. So your organic micro content needs to have all the disciplines. We provide that under one roof. Otherwise, you have to find different creators. I've actually never met one creator that does them all. It's just different disciplines, which I think people don't get. They're like, well, you're a content creator. You should be able to do all of it. And it's just mm -hmm. not true. Yeah. So you have to have all the disciplines to be able to execute on organic social. And uh, we manage paid social for almost every brand, but it's much more around general awareness and awareness, consideration, and trial at retail stores. So, you know, most of the brands in the CPG and beverage space are retail 
sell first. We're not the best partner for somebody who's 100% D2C. Not because we're not great and not because we can't help, but because, you know, if you're going to make that first salary outside of like the founder and like maybe a, a CMO, you might hire a growth marketer before you hire a social media manager, which I respect. Further down the road, you might need both, but the first hire would be that. If you're omni-channel, then I really do think you need a social media manager who can speak to the different nuances of the different channels. Yeah, what do you think, what is that stage when somebody needs uh, someone like you? Probably the first hire should be like a PPC expert, Facebook ads, Google ads, something like that. First, they need traffic, they need to convert on the website, but when is the stage when they really need someone who can help with the social media and less ROI focused activities, let's say? I think it's usually at like the $3 million run rate. I think A, that's when there's like probably multi-channels. You either have a kick butt D2C thing going on, or you maybe have some Amazon, some D2C and some retail stores. So you have proof of concept. You maybe have repeat orders. People are liking your product. And for most investors that I speak with, I'll flip them decks and they'll just say, are they at a $3 million run rate yet? And if they're not, they don't even yeah. look at it. So that just seems to be like the line where it's like, all right, maybe I would do a series A. And when they get that nice series A of like one to $6 million in dollars in, they're going to upgrade their stack. And when they upgrade their stack, we make a world of sense because we're at the price point of one, like two or three years of experience, but the firepower of like a 10 year agency with all the expertise. So I think yeah. it's usually around that, that revenue mark. And uh, in a team like this, what kind of people do you have? And maybe if somebody wants to do it in-house because they have the resources and the people, then what kind of people they would really need? I think most people struggle with social media manager and they think to themselves, I'm either going to go one person internal. So in my space, there's a lot of brands that think it's that. It's a, you know, a brand new, better for you milk brand. And we just want Jane or John Doe on our team who's part of the tribe and you know that startup. I totally get it. They try to overreach and overpay for one person who can do the copy, the strategy, the execution, the cre yeah. creating of the... They don't exist. So I think Coming anyone straight. thinking that that person, yeah. they do not exist. So what I would say to end to answer your question, and I say this all the time, you could go very junior, digital native, maybe didn't even go to college or like right out of college who really geeks out on, at least for my space, the better for you space. So think to yourself, somebody that was like an undergrad RD trying to be a registered dietitian or into kinesiology. I love college athletes. A lot of college athletes in the US that aren't playing NFL or NBA, but like second tier sports that are not going to be professionals. A lot of them study kinesiology and the body and all these things. So they're great people that are like our digital natives that grew up on social that over index and are interested in the space. And so anyone else listening to this, if you're in fashion or if you're in beauty, like extrapolate the same thing I'm saying, but for your category, and then they just have to be well written. So more like a journalist degree than like a marketing degree, because then you can pair around them the other resources. So like you said, social media manager, don't don't pay $90,000 a year, maybe pay $45,000 a year, and then get somebody scrappy and hungry who maybe can do events, maybe can do like other little like marketing, junior marketing related stuff. Then you have to get content. So you can hire an agency like ours and pair them, or you could just get freelancers. And there's lots of them out there that are great. You can find them on Upwork, you can find them on other platforms. And then going back to what you said earlier, and my advice on Upwork, if you were my brother and we were talking, and you were very early stage, I would go on Upwork, I would find a PPC expert or a paid social expert at the $50 mark. I find anything less than that, they're probably, it's something weird and cheap. The $100 plus is too expensive, but around $50, I think you could hire somebody for like five to 10 hours a week that you have, that has great reviews on Upwork and maybe even will let you call a reference and ask, and that has done something in your category. So I don't want somebody that has a hundred reviews and they sell hundred dollar items if I'm selling $6 yeah. bags of chips. But if somebody has done it before, 
that's a really good stack. So you have that junior like writer, digital native social media manager, junior content creation for whatever, however you get that. And then a paid social person that really knows what they're doing on an hourly basis. I think you also mentioned that you find really good designers in uh, Eastern Europe last time when we talked. Do you have video people as well? Or uh, you rather get those from your clients? How does it look like? Yeah, so we have a bunch of um, motion graphics animators, 2D and 3D. We don't really do live action. So for live action, we outsource to partners. And we just don't have them full-time on staff. Because generally where we're swimming is in like the micro content, fast, nimble, inexpensive. So that's not like a shoot with a full day, like guy and a camera crew and makeup and lighting. Like that's just not usually our game. But to answer your question, like if it's a motion graphics animator, then that person really can be anywhere. And I have found there's a lot of talent yeah. for that specific role outside of the US where you have like really intelligent, very good people that just happen to be in another country. I used to work with a lot of people in Macedonia randomly. And the guy that I worked with set up this amazing agency. And like 10 years later, he also has this great agency with all these people. And I'm so happy for him. You know, it's very specific talent that can do a very specific thing. So you can't do that with live action where you have to film stuff, but you definitely can do that with motion graphics. So I think going abroad outside of the US is a great resource for that. Or anyone, any country that you're in in Europe or anywhere else, there's other countries that you could probably think like who has great talent or just ask around for a specific category and then you could fish in those waters. Yeah, actually, we used to have one designer from the Philippines and she left last year, but uh, she already referred uh, two other designers from the Philippines. And uh, before, to be honest, I didn't have good experience with design from there also you know price range is very low suspiciously low but after uh, she joined us and then she left and she started referring designers those designers are amazing i was really surprised and now we are too reliant on her <laughs> totally I, i think like just sort of consistent with what you just said like i remember reading i think it was the four hour work week with tim ferris like years ago And he talked about how he would use uh, virtual assistants in India that speak English, that run your day-to-day. I think it was called Your Man in India. I don't even know if that's a real company anymore. For like $5 a week, you had a full virtual assistant that could do all these things for you. And so that's how he was able to outsource and run a lot of his businesses early on. And so I think if you know what you need and you start Googling or just asking around like people that listen to this yeah. podcast or on LinkedIn, they'll say, oh, if you need that very specific thing, Philippines. If you need this very specific thing, Colombia. If you need that, it's, you know, whatever other countries. So I think it's like, if you get a sense of your stack that you need, you can leverage the resources out there. And there's really good skills in certain areas of the world. So you've been doing this for more than 10 years. And, you know, social, I do mostly email marketing at my agency. And email, I would say it's relatively stable. It's been here for 30 years or more. And Of course, there are changes. iOS changed the email game a bit, but I would say it's relatively stable. But uh, social media is completely the opposite. It changes really fast. And uh, how do you adapt to the changes? Or even, you know, the emerging platforms like TikTok, let's say, or five years ago, Instagram. And uh, the platforms change as well. People change. Uh, the young generation is different and their habits uh, are different. So how do you adapt to all of these? First is it's our whole value proposition at Circle Media. We're saying this is something you're never going to figure out on your own to exactly what you just said. It's it's constantly moving. It's constantly evolving. And just when you figure something out, it's too late and it's moved on. So if you yeah. think about that, it's very hard to be insular and internal with like one junior employee and keep up. So it's kind of like why we exist. We, we have our ear to the grindstone. We are keeping up with trends. I'm do, I have a podcast four times a week that I'm putting out, like where, where we're going as an agency and, and where the industry is going. So um, when brands hire us, they know that they're always going to be like early in all those things and never be late. That's a big peace of mind for a lot of companies that they don't have to stress about that. And then we play it like we're not like, like because of that, it's not like, hey, we're this 10-year expert in TikTok. Like, 
or like TikTok is changing by the week. What I was saying in yeah. December is no longer true. So I go to my clients and instead of freaking out, like I like didn't represent my knowledge. I'm very honest with them. Like, hey, you could post five times a week in December. Now you have to post every day. The game has changed. And so how do we want to do that? Do you want to, do we want to get college ambassadors? Do we do someone on your team want to do it? How do we want to do it? So we're able to like bring at like breakneck speed, the up-to-date minute-to-minute thing. TikTok is one you mentioned that just happens to be on an uptick right now. So it's like very top of mind, even out a little bit. And when they even out is when we can really double down and become like best in class. But I think we get some flex in like the, in like the motion and the volatility to be able to figure it out for the client at a much faster speed than they can, but not sort of professing like we're an expert. And I think that's where a lot of agencies go wrong. Like, AdWords, like at Google change everything. And they'll say, we SEO and AdWords, we got it. But like, how could you got it? Like it, everything just changed. So you got to figure yeah. it out. I'd rather more transparency with your client to tell them like, hey, here's what we've been dealt. I think we'll get there faster than anybody else, but this is what we're dealing with. And here's how we're going to attack it. I think that would help a lot of agency clients get along yeah. better. And it's funny you said about email, like email is a little bit having a golden age again, because I push email on everybody and they're like, email is not social media. And I'm like, listen, forget what social media is. It's just a basic way to like communicate with your audience. And email and SMS are definitely a way to do that. I remember Instagram last year went down for a day. I think LinkedIn was down for a day. And those are days I'm like, wouldn't it be nice to have an email list and SMS mm -hmm. list so you don't have to worry about Mark Zuckerberg? And it, it was like, yeah, you're right. So email has been tried and true. I think it took a dip as social went up, but I think like email is an area where people need to focus. Yeah, I, I really agree. And uh, shout out again to Clavio. And I think uh, they were, we work with e-commerce brands, but I think Clavio was the big winner. Definitely one big winner of the renaissance of uh, email marketing the last, let's say, two, three years. So, totally. so one question, and I, I can hear this, you know, quite common question. So if somebody starts out with social media, they should focus on one channel, they should be everywhere, or it's black and white thinking, the truth is somewhere in the middle. What do you think on this? I'm definitely a believer of going deep rather than wide. So most of our brands that are at B2, I don't think you should be a headline reader and be so binary where it's like, let's get rid of Instagram. Let's just go TikTok. It's like, no, I don't yeah. think it needs to be that. But again, if you're an early stage brand, I would say it's probably Instagram. And within that reels, stories, Instagram feed and Instagram ads and TikTok, you could probably be very powerful on those two. And whoever's running the ship should also just be very active on LinkedIn. It's the number one driver of business opportunities for me by 10x. However, it's more B2B, right? So it's not really B2C there. Behind every B2B is a B2C. So almost anything yeah. you need, you can find via, via LinkedIn. I think that's how we met. I think so, yeah. Or maybe YouTube. I, I saw an interview between you and Chase Diamond, actually. Uh, oh, oh, right, right, right. But that's how I met yeah. Chase. Yeah, you know, it's people to people, right? One more question that I can hear, especially from small business owners, smaller businesses that... Okay, but where is the ROI in this activity? So how they can see the return on their money? And what do you think on, on that? And what we do at Circle is we're like a staffing agency. So we make sense if a brand thinks that they need a role, like a full-time social media manager to execute and handle all these things. The answer to that question is yes, they do. We think we will outperform the pay grade by far of any other option because you can't get one person. You need a group, but you shouldn't just pay a flat agency rate where you don't get value. So that is why Circle exists. Yeah. That's our secret sauce. And the ROI, I don't, I have 43 employees. Now, I don't measure the ROI on every single employee salary. I measure it on like, did they perform as they as I expected they would in their interview? Do they go above and beyond their job? Do they make everyone better? 
Are they thinking around the corner? Do they have night vision goggles on and they see where things are going? And do I think like that was a good hire? That's how people should measure circle, I think. When it comes to yeah. organic social media, even if you're not using us, this is a messaging platform that you can do from like anywhere you are, Budapest and you know, Philippines, United States, doesn't matter. You can go on right now onto TikTok and LinkedIn where there's still organic reach and reach people with your messages. So you have to be there. So if you're a founder that can do it early stage, you should do that. But when you're ready to outsource that to an employee or an outsource agency or a freelancer so that you can go do the thousand other things that you need to do, when you get to that point, it's a it's an allocated salary. It's more PL than marketing agency budget. I would say the same thing with email marketing. If you can do early stage MailChimp with your 100 people, sh- sure. You should yeah. segment, you should experiment, you could read articles, you can listen to Chase Diamond, you can do whatever you want to do. But when you want to really step up and then go run your business, you can either hire an email expert or you can hire an email agency so that you can do other things. And even if that other person does it 80% as good as you, it still allows you to go put 100% into three other things, which moves the company forward. So I don't think that hiring for organic social or email execution is only ROI driven. We do email marketing for some brands. We don't focus on ROI or D2C at all. I like don't even report the numbers because we're just doing more like um, newsletter 2.0, comms, uh-huh. communication, as opposed to like trying to ring the register for D2C. So I think that measuring it with an ROI ROAS basis is the wrong way to approach your organic social media stack. Yeah. And the uh, ROI is one thing, but the time frame is the other. So both branding and being conversion driven and, you know, direct response both has the ROI or have the ROI, but uh, the time frame is just different. Maybe branding takes years until you get the ROI. At least I have this conversation with brand owners and e-commerce business owners many times that, uh, yeah, maybe you couldn't see the ROI this month, but this is a long-term game, right? And we must be patient. So Yeah, and I, I'll often say to them, you want to talk ROI and ROAS, you want to get into like economics, let's talk about opportunity cost. You know, we started the call that you're stressed out and you're doing a hundred things or that you just fired an agency or you fired an internal employee because you had to do all their work on top of your work. And so if you want to talk about opportunity cost and financial costs, you're not focusing on other mission critical areas of your business because you're focused here because you haven't found the right solution. So it's not about who's going to be the best ROI. It's like you're gambling on who's going to outperform the pay grade for this role. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not the only game in town, but we're one of in the CPG and beverage category that is going to allow our brand to move faster because we mm-hmm. we think nine time, nine nine point nine times out of 10, we will outperform any other option. I have only one more question today. So what would be your number one tip for e-commerce brands for 2022? I would say really be experimenting on TikTok ads. I just did a podcast about uh, instant pages. We've been doing a lot of experimenting on our own dime sending people to instant pages instead of off platform and then doing, you know, unique things like, you know, either um, retail, I know you asked D2C, but like sending somebody coupon to a retail or secondary acquisition, like grab an email or an SMS or just conversions, like put unique codes, use influencers on TikTok, run ads, whitelist on their ads. Like I think, I think a lot of people like are like Facebook and Instagram is too hard and, you know, iOS change and it's too hard. And so I don't know what I'm doing with ads. So they're sitting on the sideline. I would take that mental energy time and I would focus heavily on, you know, put 10 hours over the next week into understanding TikTok ads and how it might benefit your business. And I still think it's early enough that it'll have low input with high upside. And so that would be a, a quick tip recommendation. I, I really agree with this. I have friends and clients where I could see this, you know, that they really push hard Facebook ads, Instagram. They've been pushing it for, for a long time and they put a few hours into TikTok and 
now some of them they generate more with TikTok than in than in Facebook. So thanks Adam for uh, joining us uh, today, and thanks everyone who listened to the uh, show or listen podcast in the future. Every week we come out with a new episode, talk about e-commerce and digital marketing. If you like this episode, then uh, hit the like button on social and uh, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Thanks everyone again, and stay tuned.